Brought to you by Floyd Toyota Security. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got an on-air job and you don't. So no. you go ahead and mock. No. That's pretty good. Touché. That's pretty good. Wait, do we get to do that now? What? Do we get to make fun of other people? Why not? Oh, why not? These guys spent the entire break mocking people that have on-air jobs. That's true. That's true. That's a very good observation. Yeah, and you spent it doing a crossword. Yeah, yeah. dummy. Is your flashlight king? Fireworks commissioner. You know, hurry up, Garrison. Your mayor. I think Martin Luther King would have been better served with a summer holiday. Uh, it, isn't this supposed to be the bluest Monday of the year? Remember, there's a Monday in That's January. Right. Right. Sad, Monday. It's supposed to be Seasonal the, the worst disorder. Monday possible. Isn't it today? Any of you uh, asshats make it outside last night at midnight? To yeah, see I, did. I, I, I did. Right here. The that Super a, Blood Wolf Moon. Did, no. was, it was, I did. It, it was, was amazing. Yeah. It was. It was yeah. really cool. But it was too cold to stand out there long. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, it was all, it, well, it was very surreal. Look, you, you looked and you thought, "Is it is that real?" It was very yeah, cool. Blind. I was in my cozy bed at that time, snoring away, driving my wife to the couch. <laughs> You're obviously not as tormented as we are. Obviously, right. I've seen the super blood wolf moon. Anyway, this is Martin Luther King Day, and and God bless him. Uh, the, the only thing I ever noticed about it is he got great uh, freedom of traffic. There's no traffic. To speak of. Yes. But I, I would honor MLK with a nice day in maybe August. <laughs> huh? This is a blue Monday. If he were here today, which path do you think he would have taken? In what sense? Uh, the the Jesse Jackson type, uh, Al Sharpton path, where it, it's just more hype and not much is being done? Or do you think he would have remained true to his principles saying, let's get this crap done here. This is serious business. Hard to say. Hard to say. It depends how much how, how he could have become compromised by the left. Uh, I would have hoped that he would have held out against it and rejected that. I, that's my hope as well. Yeah. I, just, I just don't know. Say, uh, you know, asteroids are hitting the Earth uh, more often now. And uh, 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 Jordy notes that's Trump's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Trump's fault. Are we just lucky? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I want to salute a guy. I love when, a, when people... Uh, submit words uh, to join the Fog Hornable list. Mm-hmm. And however you officially have to do that, I want you to add this to the list. Is that on the website, the list of Fog Hornable words? Uh, no. Well, it should be. We're working on it. Oh, don't give me that BS. <laughs> it may have been on the <laughs> one-day didn't tweet closer. at all last week, Joe. Huh? Not, not one tweet last oh, week. From who? I guys. noticed that too. Dumb, dumb here with your it. account. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, who wrote this? From Steve. Hi, Chris. Hi. Looks like Steve Shinkowski. He's got a great idea. I don't know if this word is on the list. If not, I would recommend its addition. Journey. This is a, a brilliant example of why words become foghornable. And For don't stop believing alone? He's submitting journey. <laughs> uh, it seems like every time someone speaks about anything that has happened, from weight loss to cancer or any other experience, it has been a journey. A term much overused, I suggest that unless we are discussing Lewis and Clark or Christopher Columbus, we should simply call it our life experience. Thank you. I I agree. I want Journey added to the list. I give it a give okay. it a first foghorn. I think we should abolish the list entirely. I don't. Give, given the, Garage give, Logic, give Journey the foghorn. All right. Given I, Garage Logic, the history of Garage Logic in the Journey the last twenty seven years. Um, yeah. I, 
I myself would foghorn life experience. But well, that's okay. just me. Uh, that's I'm the... foghorning the list entirely. Well, what, what, what should be used in its place? List. <laughs> what should be used in its place? Well, I don't know, but I just... Journey. I don't want journey. I, I agree with the guy. Radio journey, man. You word police drive me nuts. <laughs> I By the, the way, when day, you then. said that your uh, your renter up there, the guy you're so proud of, now building his own home, and he has uh, adopted children, uh, or he has uh, four children, three of whom are adopted, not three of which. It's okay. Three of whom. Okay. There, People uh, are whoms. <laughs> well, you brought up word police. I thought I'd give you a ticket. Do you get a badge for word police? Oh, yeah. I got Do you have one? No, you don't can, need no. Can badges. you imagine? Joe hates social media, but can you imagine him on social media oh, correcting my God. all the tweets? That's another reason I don't like it. <laughs> hey. That's another reason this country will lose its ability to write. Well, you can't need argue. to. Uh, you need to take and uh, join social media. No, I don't need to take and join. <laughs> hey, don't be condescending. I've seen what it does That's to people. I've seen what it does to people. I've seen it. I'm going to read you an email. And then ask you a question. Yep. Hi, GL. I'm 24 years old. I've been listening for over a year, and I lived in St. Paul for four years while attending the University of St. Thomas. While at St. Thomas, I ran cross-country and track and got to know the city very well as a year-round runner. When you spoke about the city sidewalk crusade, I knew exactly where you were talking about because I've run up and down Mount Curve Boulevard, Woodlawn, hundreds of times. There is no need for sidewalks there, and they would surely destroy the yards of those who live there. The reason I I chose to run on that street, even though the River Road Trail is just two blocks away, was to see the beautiful houses and yards. Nice to hear the neighborhood push back. Also, through many hours of winter running, I grew to greatly dislike those who chose not to shovel their sidewalks. Sincerely, Mike Ryan. Why did I read this? Well, it killed a good uh, 30 seconds. Let's see. You read this because uh, he's a 24-year-old GL. I, that's where I was going to go, the, because of the youth of the individual. That's pretty cool. 24-year-old. 24. Wow. Yeah, 24-year-old okay, uh, GL. This is why I've been on you about, you know, when you guys bring up something to, to give yeah. its history, give its origin, because we've got new people listening all the time. I've noticed um, a, a crazy demographic that we have that I previously had not noted. Where? Young people, when we were at the oh. uh, thing at the brewery, yeah. and we met a lot of people that I would well, we're just hip, assume right away would not be fans of the right-wing bile that you spout <laughs> on a daily basis. Are you speaking of our, our wow. friends in the LGBTQRRMNOPQRSTUV community? I think I actually asked them, what the hell are you doing yeah. here? <laughs> and how can you stand this crusty old man? Yeah. And they love you. And they said, only if you would use deodorant. Right, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't referring to myself. <laughs> oh, referring to you. That's a good question. You know why? Because they're seekers of common sense. Yeah. Uh, if you say so. Get me rolls his eyes. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, when you said that, it reminded me of my father-in-law, who's very conservative, <laughs> but got all of the lefty magazines just so he could keep up with what the enemy was doing. Ooh, California. Enemy's close. Yeah. California State Senator and Senate Judiciary Committee Chair Hannah Beth Jackson, a Democrat, announced this week that gender-neutral pronouns will be used during committee hearings. Mm-hmm. Jackson said that new committee rules recognize California's designation of non-binary as a gender. The words he and she will now become what my grammar teacher would have had a heart attack over, the senator said. The committee will use the word they instead because it is gender neutral. Basically, that's the primary reforms and revisions to the committee rules, she said. Jackson also said that as the chair, she will now be known as they 
to keep in line with the spirit of gender neutrality for the likes of this committee. Would you give her the Duluth double foghorn, please? That is outrageous. It's incorrect. California, Maine, Oregon, Washington, D.C. all allow residents to declare a non-binary gender marker on their driver's license. All right. Good for them. Who, uh, who is offended or why waste that amount of time with those changing all the pronouns? Who are you appeasing? What, what percentage uh, is offended or does it affect? Yeah, who's who's raising up? Well, their, we, right. Arms I don't get it. We're already we've already examined and haven't really come up with an answer. Uh, why such uh, such small percentages of constituencies uh, get their wheels greased? It's just amazing. Okay, I just redid my driver's license. Are you are they? Are you a they? I'm an M. Let me see that. that I'm an M. That looks nothing but like. When are, when is that going to be affected? Look That's at an the official size document. of that head. It, it barely oh fits in the square. Word. You ever listen to the show? I just read you the names of the states where it already has been affected. And it's only a matter of time before that's true in Minnesota. We're going to get some scan coins. But I'm saying on your actual driver's license, not maybe a noting look, in a bill. You look like a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> the digital photos did not help me out at all there. I'm wow. uh, Say, when we come uh, back, uh, I have some great garage logic news on uh, who is to blame for the deadly California wildfires. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Sutura. You ready? Yeah. Green. As massive wildfires ravaged dense areas of California last fall, progressives and liberals alike placed blame for the tragedy on climate change. No, it's government policy. Thank you, Kenny. I'm not done reading this yet. (laughs) This is another thing Trump is right about. The Los Angeles Times declared bigger wildfires, worsening droughts, more disease, how climate change is battering California. The Washington Post dedicated an entire story to debunking claims that uh, made by President Donald Trump in which he blamed forest management for the deadly fires. That's false, the Post declared, identifying the climate change as the fire antagonist. But a California judge vehemently disagrees and just last Friday issued a ruling explaining why climate change is not to blame. U.S. District Court Judge William Alsup ruled last week that California utility company Pacific Gas and Electric was the single most recurring cause that contributed to devastating wildfires that burned millions of acres and led to deaths of dozens of California residents. Well, they're liars. According to NBC News, Alsup wrote in a scathing opinion, the court tentatively finds that the single most recurring cause of the large 2017 and 2018 wildfires attributable to PG&E's equipment has been the susceptibility of PG&E's distribution lines to trees or limbs falling onto them during high wind events. The power conductors are almost always uninsulated. When the conductors are pushed together by falling trees or limbs, electrical sparks drop into the vegetation below. During the wildfire season, when the vegetation is dry, these electrical sparks pose an extreme danger of igniting a wildfire. Scott McLean, 
Deputy Chief of Communication for the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection told NBC the state determined PG&E was liable for 12 of 17 wildfires during the 2017 season, Mm. but has yet to rule on last year's fires, including the Camp Fire, which killed 88. PG&E has reportedly acknowledged its equipment may have played a role in the historic fire. Meanwhile, the utility company plans to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy as liabilities related to the campfire could exceed $30 billion, according to the Sacramento Bee. PG&E responded, We are committed to complying with all rules and regulations that apply to our work while working together with our state and community partners and across all sectors and disciplines to develop comprehensive long-term safety solutions for the future, a company spokesman said. Boy, they just bent right over, didn't they? Well, why don't they insulate the damn wires? Do you want electricity or not? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. Are the wires in Minnesota insulated? Are you going to clean up that forest, or are you going to let it sit there and rot? I'm going to clean up the forest. Yeah. That's one thing. Trump was right. I believe it was your show. We received a letter from a listener who uh, long ago went to a forest station and had a big lesson on this. Wasn't it this show? I know you read that A lesson on uh, On cleaning the forest? On what was going to happen. Because the forest hasn't yeah, been cleaned. I think I recall that. I don't remember when it was, but yes. Oh, no, it was a uh, a DNR agent that wrote something about that. It was a Nugent thing. Ted Nugent was citing the, the, that. The point of this judge is saying, look, all you hysterical climate change people at the Washington Post and New York Times, the real fact of the matter is we got bad service here by Pacific Gas and Electric, and their lines are responsible for these fires because when they come together, they create sparks. Bing, bang, boom, you got yourself a roaring blaze. You got to have those wires insulated. I don't know at what cost that would be. But PG&E obviously doesn't have the money because they're out $80 billion right now and filing for uh, bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. Because they brought about these fires through faulty equipment. And that combined with the mismanagement right. of the forest right. turned it into, you know, this dreadful nightmare that it was. One of these days, I'll try a sourdough slim again. See if he's if his life is settled Oof. now enough to... Uh, remember he told us his house didn't burn yes. in Chico. Was it Chico? No, not Chico. Paradise. Paradise. In Paradise, California. Uh, his house didn't burn, but he was so overwhelmed with emotion at the destruction around him that he, he was not yet ready to talk about it. But I, I would dearly love to hear him uh, uh, pontificate on this. I should check in again with my shirt tail relative. That's a firefighter out there who Didn't said he was too emotional. He couldn't. He, he yeah, we never wife, did talk to him. They did, did lose everything. Yeah. They, they lost. They have their trucks and the shirts on their back. That's what they left with. And he said, I'm, I'm too emotional. I cannot, I can't talk about it. Well, yet. we did talk to someone. Judy Quick. Judy Quick. Judy and I think Bruce Quick. And uh, he told us his harrowing tale of trying to get out of paradise. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine that. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll, uh, we'll recap we, and do that. We did get a, a nice note from the Sierra Nevada folks, a verbal message that I received when I was doing the beer show about our th- uh, thanks to us for our help with the Summit broadcast. Yeah, the Summit broadcast had a charitable component because much of the, what was uh, spent that day ended up going to the uh, families of brewery, brewery workers mm-hmm. in Chico, which is the home of Sierra Nevada, I believe. And I'd like to know, did they send anything else, Chris, that maybe we didn't see? If, he, if they did, we would never know it. Uh, right, right. Geez, I think they might have, uh, but most of it ended up at my house. Why don't we come back with uh, our newsman, John Hyde? Does he get to do news this time? I think so. <laughs>
Joe Souchere here for Federated Insurance. I'm not a math guy, but here are a couple of numbers that should get your attention. 2,440,000 injured and 35,092 dead. Those are National Safety Council vehicle numbers from 2015. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than statistics. These are family members, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving continues to be an epidemic, but unfortunately, it's not the only factor in vehicle crashes. It could be this way. A driver is running late, making a delivery, and is speeding. When traffic came to a halt from road construction, the driver can't stop in time and strikes the rear of another vehicle, causing a four-car chain reaction and multiple serious injuries. Ask yourself, do you accelerate when a traffic light turns yellow? Do you decrease your speed during bad weather or in road construction zones? Do you make a full stop at stop signs? The National Safety Council reports nearly one-third of traffic fatalities occurred in speed-related crashes. Think about that and don't become a statistic. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's their business to protect yours. <laughs> thank you, Joe. What? Uh, follow up. No, I said thank you, Joe. What? Was, what? Oh, jeez. Follow up to a story we had a while ago. Huh? Mr. Olson brought this in for me. So uh, let's do this one right away. Uh, Nancy Edwards, remember her? I remember that name. 74-year-old woman who the city of Orono is prosecuting for renting out her boat dock may not see the end of her case until springtime. Prosecutors asked for more time to respond to a motion to dismiss the charges against Edwards. A dozen people attended the hearing in support of her. Edwards owns a cottage on Lake Minnetonka's Crystal Bay and has relied on income from renting out her boat dock along with her home for 15 years. The city is charging her with violating a 2012 ordinance and also renting out her home without a license. Prosecutors have to respond to the motion by February 1st, and the defense has until February 11th to reply. The judge will have 90 days then to rule, said Edwards' attorney, Eric Cardall. Didn't we solve that for her? She sells her, the, she, she, uh, the guy sells her the boat for a dollar, and then yep. uh, it's her boat, and she just keeps it on a lift at her dock. Right. Yeah. And evidently you need some sort of license to uh, be a landlord or rent yeah. out your home in Orono. Boy, all they're doing is making themselves look like asshats. They really are. A bunch of jerks. Now, if at the risk of uh, Well, you know why, Kenny? You know why? Because this doesn't happen that often and is likely not to. Most people who live on Lake Minnetonka can afford to. Right. And they're not about to turn their docks into marinas. They want their own private space. Sure. She's a unique case. Why don't they see that in City Hall? Mm-hmm. And, Does just, the, and just let it go. Yeah. Does the delayed court date benefit her in any way? Well, it's winter right now, and the Minnetonka's got about a foot of ice on it, so I suppose there's no hurry. Yeah. Uh, Rook, do you know uh, St. Paul's Kagan case market? Yes, You're very familiar. I do too, very familiar. You do too. And it gets more ink than it deserves. No, well, it's very underrated. It was named the best new food hall in the United States. All right. It's no longer underrated. After thousands, hall, <laughs> after thousands of people voted in a USA Today contest. But it smells like smoked meat in no, there. No. What's a food hall? You have to take hall? your clothes no. to a dry cleaner. No, you do what not. What do you mean do by not f- listen to him, hey, shut up, you two. The told. old Schmidt Brewery, Kenny, is but, now a wide open space of boutique uh, little shops and restaurants and things of that nature. <laughs> huh. You're such a weirdo. I smell like meat. Well, I got to take my one. clothes to dry cleaner. <laughs> 
Here's what the restaurant there, they cook all of their meats Here we go in Mr. a Food. wood-fired it's a, it's not a, like a pizza oven. Like pallets. Yeah, it's the, the it well be in a campfire. It's all wood and it smells fantastic. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You got to take your clothes to the dry cleaner. No, like and this knucklehead because it's all open air. The kitchen is open. I'll eat there in the summer if I can eat outside. You Tom sound Bamer like the, does a great job. You sound like the wussies that uh, got us the ban on smoking in bars. I get home with my clothes stink. I'm like not smoke. saying the food isn't good. <laughs> no, the food is fantastic. I'm just saying, you know, you got to have big dry cleaners, Bill, after you go out to eat. Oh, you're such. They're a uh, they're rivaling some uh, New York delis with their pastrami. And their brisket. Mm. Oh my gosh! Apparently, mm. wooden pallets, bo and meat, Foot. yum. Yeah. <laughs> and they're burning pallets. <laughs> yeah, they're not burning pallets. They got from the uh, McDonald's down the street. Food halls are trending across the country. There are about 180 of them now. Kagan Case is in the former Schmidt Brewery, as Joe said. Uh, anchor tenants in that area include the Star Tribune Restaurant of the um, Year in Bloom, along uh, with Revival. Smoked meats. Yeah, I've got something to say. Okay, go ahead. Uh, that day that we, that day that we did that broadcast from the uh, brewery. Oh God, what'd you do? I immediately, without looking at the map or the address or anything, assumed that it was at the old Schmidt Brewery. <laughs> really? Oops. And I pulled no into the parking lot, and it, it was impossible to find a place to park. So I did four or five laps around the lot, wow. finally got this giant truck wedged into a spot, and just sat there going, I don't see anything. None of this looks... And I finally really poorly informed. I looked right. it up on my phone and realized, well, you're about six blocks away, you <laughs> dumb, dumb jackass. Right. You. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is why you were so mad at me that day. <laughs> Yes, you were is. taking it out on That's me. Right. You, you were, were so mad at, at me I that was. I thought, why is he so angry with me? In the old days, in the old days, we used to get a sheet with an address yeah. and all the information and everything we needed. Yeah, those were good days. And all I got Hello? was be at a brewery. Hello? Just be at a brewery. Just <laughs> With hundreds of thousands of friends. And you should have seen the beautiful people going in and out of this place. That's it, was, it was right before Christmas, so I'm assuming everybody was going in there buying yeah. uh, Christmas yeah, presents. Every one of them had to take their clothes to the dry cleaner. <laughs> they all smelled like meat. That's all I'm oh thinking God. about. With the hundreds of thousands of federal workers set to face another federal pay period without paychecks, President Trump thanked the great patriots, as he called them, for their service and dedication on Twitter. Uh, 30 days into the partial government shutdown, he tweeted... To all of the great people who are working so hard for your country and not getting paid, I say thank you. You are great patriots. We must work together after decades of abuse to finally fix the humanitarian, criminal, and drug crisis at our border. We will win big. Employees of the Transportation Security Administration are among the estimated 460,000 federal employees who have been working without What are these folks pay? doing if they're missing mortgage payments and car payments? They're in and, trouble. Yeah. So this would be their they're coming in on their second paycheck that they're yeah. and I was told once you can miss your mortgage for about a year before you're before they uh, before they figure they better go figure out what's get going serious on. on yeah. You. Yeah. I did but see, then you still gotta make it all up. Right. I, I yeah, did you gotta uh, find a way to I made my mortgage payment last week. I do that online. Uh, and my company my company says uh, if you're a federal employee, blah blah blah, we will work with you. Yeah. So did you try oh. that? Did you try did that? Blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah, yeah. Sure. I did I say blah blah blah? blah, blah. Yeah. Did I? Yeah. 
God, I don't know how that started. It doesn't matter, John. You can say that every day around me, and I'll still love you. (laughs) And still you're not on the air when he says it. (laughs) California Senator Kamala Harris announced Monday she's running for the presidency, joining a fast-growing crowd of Democrats jumping into the race. I can't. Seriously, it's ruining the country, this constant running. Professional. What are you doing? I'm professional. I'm running. that brings up a question I've been meaning to ask you, Joe. Mm -hmm. What do you think about Amy? Uh, well, she's uh, much uh, uh, sounder than the likes of Camilla Harris and Octavio Cortez. And there's been a lot. Uh, she of, undoubtedly is going to run. There's been a lot of people that have actually crossed the aisle and voted for Amy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they saw what she did during her first term. I'm wondering, do you think she could serve the country a better or us better? Do we want to keep her? Or do we want to let, let her run for president? I, I would prefer that uh, she just be uh, kept in Minnesota. Could could the the Democrats rush to defeat President Trump end up like the 1980 convention with uh, Jimmy Carter and Teddy Kennedy, who Kennedy thought he was going to prance right the, in? This there. is why I can't stand this. I don't care. It's this is it's a two years away practically. I, this is True. way too much okay. to deal. Too with. early. Yeah. It's like the fair. It's just too early to talk about That's what right. days we're going to be there. Would you vote for Amy? <laughs> I don't know. It depends who's running against her. Did you vote for her last election? Uh, hell no. No, no, no. All right. Uh, Harris made the announcement on ABC's Good Morning America Monday. No, I didn't. Who ran against her? It was, uh... Look it up, Rook. That guy. That guy. Yeah, that guy that got 27% of the vote. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In recent weeks, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, Hawaii Representative Tulsi Gabbard, and former San Antonio Mayor Julian Castro have moved forward with plans to seek... I would take Amy over any one of those. The Democrat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, no, she's she's a lot better than I predicted. I was really scared when uh, she got in. What's the center race? You know what you can do? I almost just swore at you. I almost immediately just, I almost just said, blah. Uh, story that happened. Jim Newberger. Jim, yeah, I Jim voted for Jim Newberger. A uh, story happened last week, but uh, oh, says. Wasn't with, he the paramedic we had on at the fair? Yes, yeah. we had oh, him Oh, yeah, that's fair. right. We yeah. did have him on. Well, he didn't stand a chance. Of course not. You know. Yeah. Uh, this happened last week, but uh, I wish to mention it anyway. We lost a guitarist who played on literally thousands of sessions, a lot of records we all know and love. Reggie Young, a Memphis and Nashville-based session player, uh, died last Thursday. He was 82 years old. Young started his career in Memphis, where he was an in-demand session player working with Chips Moman, the acclaimed producer. At Moman's American Studio in Memphis, he played the signature sitar intro on Hooked on a Feeling by B.J. Thomas. Played the very funky guitar on Stump Preacher Man by Dusty Springfield. Played on Elvis Records, Neil Diamond Records. Also the fellow playing all those great licks on Dobie Gray's Drift Away. After he moved. John, there's a special tonight at 10 o'clock on Link Ray. Yes. Uh, actually, it's about Native American. Right. So, yeah. Is it Link, a Native American? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Rumble. Great song. Mm-hmm. I, he moved to Nashville in the 70s, became part of the Nashville Cat Session Players, uh, recorded with Willie and Waylon and Merle Hager. Mm-hmm. Everybody How literally. Old was he? Uh, 82. Okay. Literally on thousands. Did you guys see songs. we also lost Tony Mendez, the CIA guy that smuggled yeah. the hostages out of Iran? Oh, did see Argo. That. Yeah, 78 years old, Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. If you were hoping to snag up the first 2020 Mustang Shelby GT500, uh, you're too late. As Ford usually does, they auctioned off the first car for charity Sunday night at Barrett-Jackson in Scottsdale. Craig Jackson, chairman and CEO of Barrett-Jackson, also happened to be the winning bidder. 
His winning bid, $1.1 million. Wow. Largest bid ever on a Mustang. The proceeds go to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Accompanying uh, the performance car on stage, Edsel B. Ford II and Aaron Shelby. The car was selling at no reserve. It was expected to bring in big money, so setting a reserve price wouldn't have worked anyway. The car that pulled was it on, Seinfeld? Did he buy it? No, uh, the, the scan boy. <laughs> uh, I just, I just said who bought oh, it. I only did that because Joe. Well, I'm oh, sorry. That's hi, me. That's that's my email. Yeah. Uh, the car that pulled onto the block was a yellow GT500 with the track package. Winning bidder gets to choose the color and options, though, of the car they actually want when it's produced. Uh, the car, let's see now, the 2020 Shelby GD50 returns, uh, marks the return of the badge to the latest Mustang, powered by a 5.2-liter cross-plank crank. I have no idea what that means. Hey, now. Supercharged V8, making oh, over 700 Yeah, horsepower. you're referring to the RTR. Did you happen to see the opening episode of this year's Grand Tour with the fellas? No. They were in Detroit, and one of them, I think it was Jeremy, was actually in the RTR. And that's a hell of a car for mm-hmm. a pretty good price. Mm-hmm. Like Johnny said, over 700 horsepower. Mm-hmm. And it's a street car. I know. They're too big, too wide, too heavy. I don't know. This thing was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it is. I'm but... not a Ford guy or a Mustang guy, but my goodness... I'd be happy to own one. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to be expensive. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald playing golf with President Obama the other day. Yeah, it's seminal. I'm surprised President Obama would go to a, a course uh, with an Indian name, a Native American name. Mm. Fitzgerald shot a hole in one. Mm-hmm. He's about a two handicap. Yeah. Yeah. The A's came on the 13th hole. It was such a big moment. The golf club's president waived the rule against cell phone use on the course. So Fitzgerald could deliver the news of not only his hole-in-one, but the fact that he was playing with the former president. I went in there only to get a hat, and uh, I had to call ahead, and they said, what are you wearing? And I said, I, I got a golf shirt on and some shorts. Okay, what's your name? I'd leave my name at the guard hut, and when I showed up, they had my name on the clipboard, and I got to go in, buy the hat, and then get the hell out of there. Really? Yeah, wow. But it's a I'll neat hat. It's a neat hat. Huh. I don't know where it is right now. Well, I can't find it. Well, quick. the name Seminole in itself is not racist. I understand. I'm just giving Barack a little juice. Well, the question of the day is, how much was the hat? Yeah. Well, so, oh, 20 bucks. Okay. The 100? I got that That was right. Ben Hogan's winter course, Seminole. Juno Beach, Florida. You know Beach. You know Beach. <laughs> you know. You know, that place well, over there. You I'll take what? and go. A 101-year-old hunter in Mississippi still at it and even dropped two deer with one shot. Veteran hunter Bertha Vickers. That's poaching. Made the twofer during her first successful hunt at age 101. She got two in one a few days after her January 9th birthday. She said it was a complete accident and the first time she'd ever done it. Ah, she's just a cheap old broad who didn't want to waste two bullets. (laughs) After missing four this season, the Morgantown resident said she was determined to bag a deer. Her shots from the blind that relatives built her had missed. She liked the blind and its location, but not her, uh, Kenny, you'll have to help me with this, is gun talk, 243 caliber rifle? Yeah, 243. Okay. Or another gun that her granddaughter had to cock for her. Vickers was back in the blind days after her 101st birthday. She spotted one deer, but she remained patient and was rewarded. She said, I decided to wait for a bigger one. Before long, a bigger doe came out, and I shot... Then I saw two deer on the ground. It shot plumb through both of them. Wouldn't a said. kick just uh, cause her bones to all break? <laughs> you would think. Jeez. It's just shattered. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. 
Vickers said she uh, she just fought her old skeleton should have fallen apart. <laughs> the two forty three, not a she's giant a, gun, but it, you know it's, she's one hundred and one. It's a respectable well, deer rifle. She she must still be pretty spry because she said she helped clean the animals huh. and shared the meat with her family. She said I made steaks and I gave most of it to my grandchildren. Uh, she also still mows her own lawn. Raises her own vegetables in her own garden. Or at least that's what they tell her that's she That's why does. she's 101. <laughs> and still enjoys going out fishing. Oh, boy. Grandma. Uh, 100 bucks said somebody else shot the deer elsewhere, drug it over there, and just told her, Hey, Grandma! Look what you did! You shot a deer! <laughs> Bertha said, When you're as old as I am, you naturally think each one could be your last one, but I'm going to go as long as I think as that I about can. the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not funny. That's yeah, not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Eels in the Thames River in London are becoming... Oh, I enjoy it. Oh, oh yeah. Do I stretch my legs, so, my hands, yeah. my toes. There you do. Is that Bertha? Yeah. yeah. Eels in the Thames River are becoming hyperactive because of high levels of cocaine in the city's wastewater. What? New research by... Who's throwing that stuff out? New research... Flushing it down the toilet. By a team at King's College London found that Londoners are using cocaine consistently throughout the week with fears, they say, that it's hurting the river's wildlife. The researchers said in their paper, concentrations of cocaine remained high in wastewater across the week with only a minor increase over the weekend. Uh, London is known as one of the highest consumers of cocaine. A scientist using a monitoring station near the Houses of Parliament found there was a constant low level of cocaine entering the river. London's water treatment plants are failing to filter out the Class A drug while downpours are overwhelming waste plants and carrying sewage into the river. Who the hell's still doing coke? She's guys that, are, guys that are still doing crossword puzzles from the paper. Yeah. I, uh, for I my reading, Kenny Coke is very popular with the younger set. Uh, right it's, a, uh, it's a weight thing, Kenny. It never caught the, on the, with The me. coke diet? Yeah, basically. Which I don't, it probably does not work. Not on you. <laughs> well, I have not tried it, believe me. <laughs> uh, today, of course, is Martin. But you're willing uh, to endorse it? Is yeah. that what you're is trying that, to say? Is, is there any money behind it? <laughs> Hang on a sec. Uh, today is, as we record this, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, I have a cool story here. Uh, remember, the, the, I have a dream speech. Very famous, of course. I do remember it. Uh, when he was done with that speech on August 28, 1963, he stepped away from the podium, folded the speech, and found himself standing in front of George Raveling, a former Villanova basketball player who, along with his friend Warren Wilson, had been asked to provide extra security. Raveling told Time Magazine, We were both tall, gangly guys. We didn't know what we were doing, but we certainly made for a good appearance. Raveling was so moved by the speech, he asked, he saw the folded papers and asked Dr. King if he could have them. Oh, brilliant. Without hesitation, King handed the speech over, and that was that. Raveling said, at no time do I remember thinking, wow, I've got a historic document here. Not realizing he was holding what would become an important piece of history in his hands, he went home and stuck the three sheets of paper into a biography about Harry Truman for safekeeping. They sat there for almost two decades while Raveling developed an impressive career coaching NCAA men's basketball. 1984, he had recently taken over as the head coach at the University of Iowa, was chatting with Bob Denny of the Cedar Rapids Gazette when Denny brought up the March on Washington. And that's when Raveling told him, you know, I've got a copy of that speech. He dug no, it. He had the copy. The copy. Yeah. And he dug it out of the book. After writing an article about Raveling's connection, the reporter had the speech professionally framed for the coach. You know what that was? Manna from heaven for that reporter, wasn't it? Did he, are we going to learn that he sold it? Uh, no, but he has received offers for the speech. In fact, a collector offered him three 
million dollars. Yeah, you know what? Sold. Sold. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I would have got a Xerox copy and <laughs> right. kept that. Right. He's been in talks with various museums and universities, hopes to put the speech on display in the future, but for now he cherishes it. Uh, saying having it as one of his uh, great possessions is good for okay, him. Okay, why is today MLK Day? Birthday. Uh, they just replace... they picked the third Monday in January. No, or something? his, his in... birthday is January what seventeenth. Well, August twenty eighth was the day of the speech. That would have been a nice MLK Day. August twenty eighth every See, summer. See, this is all about you. Yeah, you want to go you play golf want... today, right? Around MLK Day. day. Right. Uh, <laughs> along the lines of that last story, I probably shouldn't tell you guys this because you're already envious of my my lifestyle and the way I live and everything <laughs> yeah. that I have and how awesome I am. But I, in my possession, have. From uh, the year 1980, a Daisy Dillman set list from the Glenwood Ballroom. Wow. Daisy Dillman. That's me. Wow, that was quite a catch. I've got one. Wow. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was born. Is it signed, autographed? Yeah. Yes, born January 15th. Full of so right. that's why they well, made it. Today's the 21st. Well, yes, but they make it <laughs> doesn't like close line as Monday. Hey, did you throw up on days. that? or No. No, not that time. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Are we all here tomorrow? Yes, I am. For number 83? What's uh, today? It was 82. Tomorrow will be 83. Let's go 83 at tomorrow, bro. See if we hit 100. I got her. <laughs> GarageLogic.com is the home of the podcast for GarageLogic. Visit that for other little features that you might find entertaining. And don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes each and every day. Tell your friends and family about the Garage Logic podcast. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>